And, and oh. you, I just want to... You don't have to give me any names. Is there anyone random that asked the question? Uh, yes. Hello, and welcome to Out in the Woods. I'm your host, JD, and as you just heard right there, you guessed it, we have another guest. This week, I am joined by an old, good old pal of mine, Nico Sorianello. Nico, how the hell are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? You know, it's a beautiful, windy day in Midland, Texas, as always. Uh, the weather is perfect, but the wind is a bit rough, so hopefully it's not too bad. You making it through the day okay? Uh, yeah, no complaints. Okay. No complaints. Do you, uh, do you want to do a little intro about yourself, or do you just want to leave the people guessing? Um, oh, well, I don't have, I don't have too much I really want to say about myself. I'm sure we'll dive into things. Maybe. When we come across them, I feel like is how that's going to go. Well, honestly, just for a little background information for the listeners, Nico and I used to hate each other in third grade. And then now we, I hope, still like each other. Uh... I would consider him one of my oldest and nearest and dearest friends, and it really does make me very happy that despite our failed first attempt at the podcast uh, with him, I don't know, I think I talked about it in an episode a while ago, uh, I'm really happy that he's back. He's back better than ever. I got a big old stack of pages or a uh, stack of questions, and well, Nico, are you ready? I... As ready as I will be, I guess. Um, what? This is from Lizzie Bick on Instagram. What is your favorite <laughs> allergy? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Hey, man. Well, I don't. I don't asking. have any allergies myself, to my knowledge. I definitely am allergic to some stuff that I just haven't been tested for. Um, how, do you, how do you know that? Well, like for example, like. You know, like, especially being in San Antonio, my allergies around, like, now mm -hmm. are awful. I wake up and, like, my nose is just running all day. So, but, like, that's just, I guess, pollen and stuff, you know? So is um, pollen your favorite allergy? No. You know what? I'm going to say peanut allergy. I really judge those. I make as big assumptions on people who cannot eat peanuts. <laughs> I'm happy I'm not the only one. It's, it's not their fault, but um, that is just a very weird allergy, in my opinion, to have. Well, and they're the reason that we can't have peanuts on airplanes anymore. I'm okay with that. I prefer what? pretzels. I'm not going to lie. Pretzels are better. Those honey roasted peanut packets, man. They're That's good. Where it's at. The That's peanuts where it's at. are better. Gluten-free yeah. is another weird one to me. Um that one makes more sense, though. See, to me, gluten-free and, like, lactose intolerance, unless it's, um, what's the extreme gluten-free? Where you just, like, uh, can't even touch it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, most people I know just can't eat it. Yeah, there's there's one where it, like, will kill you, I'm pretty sure. Oh. But then there's one where you just, it upsets your stomach. Those kind of allergies where it's like, oh, I'm going to have some poops after this one. That's like a fake allergy, in my opinion. Yeah. A peanut allergy is a real yeah, man's allergy. That. Being brought down by how, a how do you find out how do you how do you find out that you're 
like allergic to the gluten free will kill you like at that point isn't it like you've already eaten it and you're gonna die you can be tested and i think it might come on slowly um i'll look it up well most people i know who are gluten free are because like they ate it as a child and like something happened so then they got tested celiac maybe it doesn't yeah um, yeah in most celiac. cases celiac disease is not fatal in the way we normally think of fatal diseases meaning it won't progress and ultimately kill you hmm so maybe maybe that was a bit dramatic oh uh, <laughs> sorry jumped the gun there a little bit we're learning already though okay she also asks what are your thoughts on Harry Potter? A uh, big Harry Potter fan, especially as a kid. Um, I read all the books in middle school and high school. Well, probably more middle school. I, I definitely read them all twice, maybe three times. Um, I think the books are better than the movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a movie adaptation, I think the Harry Potter movies do a really good job compared to some other movies that in, have tried to do the same thing. In your opinion, and this is coming from someone who has not read the books, and I genuinely don't know if I've seen all of the movies, um, do you think them splitting the final book into two movies was the proper move? Or do you think it was just a money grab? Uh, it was probably both. I will say that it definitely helped. I don't think they could have fit, fit everything in the, uh, in the last, in the movie, like, as they did. It, there's no, they would have had to cut stuff out, which they still did, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure, from off the top of my head. But not to the extent where they would have if it was just one. So I think it was kind of both. I feel um, like, I feel like I'm it's kind of funny. missing out. Sorry, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just like the seventh book off the top of my head wasn't even the longest one. It was either the fourth, fifth, or sixth. I want to lean towards the fourth or fifth. I can look um, that up. And I'm not sure exactly what they le left out of the movies because I haven't read the books in so long. The Order of the, the Phoenix. Fifth. It's the fifth novel. Yeah, that's the fifth. Yeah. Um, it's also the second shortest film, though. Fun fact. Yeah, it's one of my, I don't want to say least favorites, but I don't enjoy watching that one. Hmm. Well, she, this was sad. the the final to her trifecta of questions. Thank you again, Lizzie Bick, for Instagram. Uh, your questions. Do you think Harry should have ended up with Hermione? No. Why not? He definitely doesn't, in, he doesn't in the book. Yeah, there but. There is no. In the book. There was no romantic relationship there at all. Really? In my opinion. No. It was always between her and Ron. But they kind of portray that in the movies, though. Between Harry and Hermione. I never felt that way. Really? Not, not overtly. I always thought it was Ron and Hermione. Well, I always got the Myself. sense that Ron... This is, again, coming from a movie watcher that Ron always wanted to end up with Hermione, but Hermione and Harry were kind of had this, this thing, you know? It's also, like, the main protagonist, essentially. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I guess I never felt that way. I will say, 
uh, comparing this series to other series that are pretty high up there in regards. Um, I haven't watched Lord of the Rings or read those books, Ooh. so I obviously prefer Harry Potter. Hmm. Um, and Percy Jackson, those were really good books as well. I think Harry Potter is better. But, like, I think that's a good example of, like, where the books are good. And the Harry Potter movies were excellent. And then the Percy Jackson movies absolutely flopped. Uh, I was actually just about to ask you about the Percy Jackson movies. Um, do you feel like that casting, and I'm looking up the main uh, character who played him, Logan Lerman. Do you remember that? The, he he, he I was Percy. What he looks like. Do you feel like he was the perfect Percy Jackson, but he, like the movie itself, failed? Like he was the right one for that role, but the movie did a poor job justifying it. I feel like, I feel like he definitely fit the role of what I pictured like would play the role. I I really think the writing was awful. Yeah, yeah. Just all of it, like from the writing to like. I don't remember too much, but even maybe, like, the CGI and just... There's nothing I really was too fond of in that movie. It was pretty... Like, it followed this book. It just... I feel like it executed it so bad in so many ways. I didn't even see the second one, so I can't even compare that one. Do you think... And this is... We're kind of getting into movie talk, but do you think that it would be worth a reshoot? I believe they're doing one. Really? I read something, something about something Percy Jackson. Uh, there was something they're doing with Percy Jackson. I read something. Interesting. I don't know if it's a reshoot or oh. a, a movie. Or Disney something. Plus officially orders a new Percy Jackson series. There you go. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So I'm. I'm not a big fan of the whole reboot train personally i think that them rebooting like like the live action mulan i i didn't even see it i just heard that it flopped like i'm personally tired of reboots because they're just right. you know digging up a dead horse and it's just yeah, they, like, they uh, end up ruining the series they just rebooted scream the scary movie which i mean it's one of the more famous scary movies but like I don't understand why we need a reboot of it, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Well, and how hard... I think they're just banking on the fans, like having a fan base already intact right. to sell it's tickets... Right, money grab. ...rather than quality product. I think, I, and I think that's going into movie talk. I think, I think the horror genre is, is really bad because it's either really tacky jump scares or, like, there's no good like actually thought out horror movies in today's time in my opinion they're pretty bad so i haven't seen it but i know that tanner certainly loves it um midsummer would you consider that a horror i haven't seen it ah okay okay then never mind i take i take the question back but like like in the 80s there was so many good ones like scream nightmare on elm street you know things like Mm -hmm. that when did when did it come out? Even though that I mean that was based on a on a book. It the the clown one. Yeah, 
That's a Stephen King novel, The original right? was... the Yes, I read that book. Great book. You're it's a big Stephen my, King fan, though. Yes, it's actually one of my more least, least favorite novels by him. Not because it's bad. Um, I just think it's just really out there, and it's just not, I think, as good. It's one of his more famous novels because when you read that book, he literally, the way he just writes the story he basically comes up with the whole town and like just the scenery and environment it like you get sucked in and he does a, such a fantastic job at doing that and he did it's i think probably best in that book i just didn't like really the clown like the way he dives into the clown and what it actually is in the book is like really weird and then he has other weird stuff along like it just gets really weird in the end of that book I think he has way better ones. Do you think, and well, I guess you said you haven't read Lord of the Rings, but uh, Tolkien's always praised as like someone who was able to truly like create a world, you know. And do you think that's part of the reason that Stephen King has had such such success with his with his stories? A hundred percent. I mean, a lot of the time his novels are very long because he spends so much time building up. I think it. The first 200 to 300 pages is even before the main storyline. It's like diving into the town and like the history of the town. It's insane. Really? Damn. Yeah. Okay. It's super. It's really. He goes super in depth with it. Interesting. Interesting. That's see. All of this is a bit out of my wheelhouse. I'm I'm not exactly the biggest reader, as you likely know. Um, But I do remember those days freshman year, having all of your little Stephen King novels stacked up. So speaking of freshman year, my mother wanted to know, who is your favorite second mom? Is that it? That's it for now. Okay. She Uh, wants to know who is your favorite second mom. It would probably be Mrs. Eiler. Just so you know, uh, Mrs. Bertelson also listens to this. So you (laughs) you might need to defend, defend yourself in that decision. Uh, I guess my, my defense is, um, I guess I've just been around Miss Eiler a lot more with you being at A&M and such. I haven't seen the Bodelsons in quite a while, sadly. Um, but, and with that, and then I guess going to Fripp, all my last, my last, like, three vacations have been with the Eilers, so... (laughs) You're like the brother that I never had, my adoptive yeah, brother. Essentially, she has but a I mean, follow-up. Sam went with us a lot the last time. Yes, so. which still that was a legendary trip, and I'm very much looking forward to returning to that. We'll we'll come back to Fripp. I think there's more that we need to talk about with Fripp, but she does have a follow-up question. Um, what was your high and low of 2018? <laughs> You don't have to get um, into it if you don't want to. <laughs> I just had to ask. I had to put you on the spot. I don't even know if I have a high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that year was awful. Okay. Okay. I have so many lows. <laughs> um, I guess the high would be going to Astroworld. And thankfully, I went before people died. I wouldn't go again. That was fun. 
that's like the only high I can think of off the top of my head that year. Oh, actually, I had my internship in Colombia. That was super fun. That was my high. Um, my so, low was the 11 other months of the year. <laughs> Speaking of Astral World, now correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm bringing this up because it leads into another question from a listener. Um, when you went to Astral World, you told our professor that it was your grandmother's birthday, correct? To get out of a trip. Yes, this... No, no, that was... I think that was a different trip. Oh! That was, no, that was, uh, that was uh, something with uh, my fraternity, I believe. Really? If I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, the point still remains... Uh, at Jessica.Lamert on Instagram asks, what was your favorite L3C memory for both of us? Or our respective um, favorite memories. For... I'm trying to think. This is a tricky one. Um, I don't know. You know, I didn't hate it, but <laughs> there's a lot of things I did not like. Um... I'm trying to think of everything we did. I can't... It's been a... It's been... It's something that I don't really think about. So, like, I remember the plays. Um, the plays? Oh, I yeah, forgot we about the plays. One. I did not like the one. The one was really bad. I did not enjoy the one. Tinky Boots? I enjoyed the second one. Did not enjoy that one. That was awful. <laughs> oh, I broke my pen. I don't Dang even... This, the other one I did actually really like. Surprising. Uh, do you remember which one it was? No, but going back when I missed that event to make it up, because y'all went to a, was it a Holocaust thing? Um, or was that the retreat that we went on? Oh right, it was a retreat. Oh, I forgot you missed that. <laughs> to make it up, I went to listen to a Holocaust speaker, and that oh. was actually pretty interesting. No, then it might have been it might have been the Holocaust trip because I do remember going to Houston for that or somewhere I think it was Houston. Right. Yeah. Um, interesting. I would say that the favorite my my favorite thing about the L three C was uh, the camaraderie that we had on that first floor because we were all I mean that's just where we all were and so there was always something happening whether it was like a movie in the girls' room or whatever or just hanging out in those lounges. I think that was probably the best part of that. Yeah, I will admit I was not there that often, so I missed well, out on a lot of that. Well, that was like prime pledgeship for you, right? Right. Yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta even, love it. Even in the spring, even in the spring, with all the added free time I got, I spent most of it studying because I was finally taking accounting. Mm-hmm. So, I on the... Yeah, like... Oh, you got it. Uh, like, an example is... When we went to New Orleans for formal freshman year, uh, I got off the bus on um, when we got back from that ride, and I got in my car immediately with my backpack and went to West Campus Library and studied. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time studying, actually. You were much more studious than I was. I think there were a lot of people that were much more that studious was actually, than I was. That I studied on the bus, too, and that was actually the highest test score I got in accounting. Really? That one. So, Congrats. it paid off. 
That is great. Did you ever go to Northgate to study? No. I would I go. I would go and write uh, like papers or work on presentations in O'Bannon's or the Chicken, and yeah. I always got better grades on those assignments. The thing, what the thing for me, the reason I didn't go ever was mainly because parking is so bad. Yeah, but there's there's free spots to park, especially if you go early. Like I'd be there. So. I, O'Bannon's typically pre-COVID opened at five or opened at two. So I would go in at two, and I would have a table, an outlet, Wi-Fi, and beer. It was perfect. And yeah, by the time I was old enough to really go and do all that, I had gotten my monitor and keyboard, and I was in a lot of like Excel-heavier classes, mm. so it was just easier for me to stay at home and do mm-hmm. stuff. Makes so. sense. Makes sense. So on the subject of accounting... Uh, at NoahNT32 on Instagram asks, what are your thoughts on crypto as a currency replacement? Um, uh, in my opinion, I think, I think crypto is interesting because it is, it's not centralized anywhere. The value it has is the value we give it, which is just a very weird aspect i mean i guess money is the same way but at least it's centralized by like the federal reserve um with crypto it's not so like crypto went on its bull run because it was it had value and more people kept thinking it would increase in value and it would have value and so you know the price Mm -hmm. went up um I, the the thing I do like about crypto, I would say, is there's a limited amount of, for example, Bitcoin. You cannot produce more than this X amount of Bitcoin. I don't know what the number is, but I, that's, I think that's good because it pre- prevents inflation. Mm-hmm. Which, as we as know right the now. US, <laughs> if you print more money, the value goes down by exponential amounts as of right now so i do like that i don't think it will ever i don't think it'll ever replace currency for the sole reason of um every country having its own currency and wanting to keep that aspect i think it will probably especially in the future be standardized to like be able to uh to make like foreign transactions with crypto as an option just to make mm. it easier for like foreign transactions i think that's probably something it'd be useful for but not replacing like currency as a whole well because essentially i mean it is you're when you buy crypto quote unquote you're you're just exchanging it right it's like you're exchanging right. your dollar for a euro if you go abroad you know right. so it would make sense but that as you know you're you're not dealing with then exchange rates as much if you just have your crypto wallet or whatever right right um yeah but like the reason like you i mean if you go in and go and exchange like five dollars now i mean and for euros that euro is not going to be worth nearly as much over there mm-hmm. um because of how worthless our dollar is right now mm-hmm. like that's how it was in colombia so i feel like exchanging it into crypto is a better means of making foreign transactions it's just kind of easier 
Well, what do you think? But I guess. I'm, sorry, continue. I'm go, curious. No, I no I'm, I'm curious for you to elaborate because this is. Well, again, I mean, out I was just gonna house, say so. like, it's like it's like for example, there was a football player who had signed his contract to get paid in crypto, and then the value of crypto like crashed. So he's making like half of what he was supposed to make because it's mm. based on the current value or something. Um, so like that's like the interesting aspect of how volatile it could be and which is not sound for a currency. So you just think it's lack of stability is, is kind of its Achilles heel, right. so to speak. But I would say, I mean, I think Bitcoin's the most stable compared to the rest. I'm still waiting on Doge so, to go to a dollar. One I'm day. Sp- I'm kind of sad. I'm, ho- I'm holding on to it. I still have a fair bit. My $5 investment. You'll be waiting a bit. My $5 investment has done fairly well. But what can you do? I think you'll be waiting a bit. That's fine. We'll That's fine. I got time <laughs> until our society collapses as we know it. What right. do you think is better? This is from Wyatt underscore Maytot on Instagram. What's better, the taste of chicken or the color green? Ooh, that's a good question. Wyatt's I'm been bringing some heat in these in these podcasts. He's he asks really out there questions, and I really appreciate him. Thank I'm you, a, Wyatt. I'm gonna go with. Ch- I'm a huge, I'm a huge chicken fan. Oh so no! But. Okay, think about this, though. Chicken has no inherent flavor. Like so you're you just gotta, saying, like, a base chicken. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, the color green just is. Chicken needs all this other stuff before it tastes good. You need sauces. You need to just season the bejesus out of it. It often gets dry, and I guess it's going more into texture, consistency. But I just think the green, like I could go the rest of my life without chicken, or at least the taste of chicken. I eat chicken too I much. I know. I mean, I w- I would say like the thing is like if you say oh I could go without the color green, like everything outside is green, so like that you'd be basically colorblind outside. That's also the so color that we can it's see a- the most of. Fun fact. Really. Yeah, green. We can see the we can uh, distinguish the most shades. So interesting. I I'm well, I'm full on the color green. That that's a tough question. I might have to rethink. If what? I had to do without one, it would probably be the chicken because I don't want to be colorblind for like a majority of stuff. Yeah. It is a very valuable color. Right. Explain your thought process with chicken being your first instinctual answer. Well, I was I I personally love chicken and I the amount of stuff you could do with it was what I was thinking like grilled chicken, fried chicken like I just love chicken, rotisserie chicken like there's so much I love it all. Um, it's probably the thing I eat the most is like probably why I said that. Hmm. But if you I have had to, to do I could you have to do out. so much to it. Right. I didn't think about that. I just figured you know. I like chicken more, I guess. Mm. I guess, but, like, that's, like, a thing where, like, I've always been able to see. So, like, the lack of a certain color, like, I really, I don't think I recognize the impact that that would have on me. 
Well, okay, so maybe don't think of it as, as going without one or the other. You know, because that, that is, I think that's a very obvious choice for people. People, I think, would rather be able to see the color green than taste chicken. But I just, I still just mm -hmm. genuinely think that the color green is better than the taste of chicken. I guess so. You're really... I don't know. I think, I think, well, they, they, they tend, they cater to different senses. One's taste and one's visual. Yes. And I feel like we don't, I feel like the taste, like, sense is, like, more, I don't want to say emotional, but, like, more feeling. It and takes probably why a deeper sense of appreciation to fully grasp the color green. Right. It's like I touching think that's something. probably why I said chicken. Yeah. I think that's probably why I said chicken because like I can, it's easier to get that sense. Taste is a much more complex or not complex, well complex, but uh, concrete sense. Yes. Hmm. 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 So, say you do pick chicken, and you got your sweet honey. You're going to take her out for dinner. Or maybe you want to take a sweet honey out to dinner. Kelly Ann underscore Hernandez asks, go to pickup line from Emily. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't really have one. Um, do you have any good unhinged? ones? On Hinge, I just say, hey, honestly. Oh, my gosh. Um. <laughs> You're spitting no game, well, Nico. You're spitting no game. Uh, I can give you the last one I used. I can check real quick. Okay. Um, Actually, please I did do use that. one. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I said, mi poi insirere el tuo numero y telefono su cuore. Something about your telephone uh, number, that's all I got. Yeah, it's Italian for... Uh, what was that? Um, you don't even know what it I says? No, okay, I was learning Italian and I came up with... I just translated that. Oh, Nico. Uh, uh, I definitely... It's something about Italian, your number to my heart or something like that. Oh, Nico. What? You don't even know what it means? Uh, I definitely know what it means. Just give me a second. This is painful. Oh, can you engrave your telephone number in my heart? That's what it was. Wow. Slightly more romantic <laughs> than I anticipated. You also had to look it up. So, I don't know how I feel about that I forgot that the engrave. I forgot the engrave. Mm. Mm. Look, the Italian, I'm, I'm learning. It's, I'm like on my third week, okay? It's a slow process. What are you using? Duolingo. Oh gosh. <laughs> I tried Duolingo for Spanish and I just got so tired of all the emails and texts that they would send me. I was like, I don't, it's this honestly, makes me not want to try this. It's honestly more useful for like the tips they give you because like they explain everything and give you like the charts for like the connotations than like actually for me doing the practice. Because the practice, you just kind of learn the verbs from like just repetition. Mm -hmm. and, like stuff like that but you don't actually understand like learn like the different connotations which to me is easier just to learn the connotations well that's what um sam's uncle when he started learning french he just looked up what is 
the like hundred most used verbs or like what am I most likely to do throughout the day? It's like I'm gonna go to the store or I need this item. You know, like those kind of sentences to just get through life. And yeah. that's what he learned first. And then in using that, he learned how to use them better as well as like increase his vocabulary. And so he would just build right, on it. Yeah. He's like, what am I going to use the most? I'm going to start with that and I'm going to practice it. Because then you're not only, I mean, you're, yeah. you're learning the vocab, but you're also getting in the uh, pronunciations and the proper usage too. Which I think is, right. like, I would say, arguably be more important. Yeah, for like Spanish, like Spanish, I know more or less a lot. And it's just every now and then I don't know a specific noun, which isn't too difficult to... Do you just do you just, just like point uh, at something, or try to describe it, like act it out? No, well, I mean it's just kind of like as long as it, I think as long as you can connotate like verbs mm-hmm. and say things, like the nouns just kind of come with practice or like just memorization, like the the easiest thing to learn. I I think about when people have tried to speak English to me who were, you know, it was their second language. And it really, like, with very few exceptions, it is not that hard to understand broken English. I mean, like, you can kind of understand the context. Well, if you know the context or if you can grasp that, then you can kind of put together the sounds and it'll work. I would agree with that. But I I feel like when (laughs) I try to speak Spanish or whatever, uh, I feel like it's absolute garbage. And people just stare at me. But I also don't speak Spanish well, very well. The more you practice, the better you get. I'm hoping if I ever get a job that there will be a fluent Spanish speaker on that job and then I can just talk Spanish with them all day. Yeah, it definitely helps living there and just kind of not having a choice. Would you live in Colombia again? Yeah, I definitely would. Um... Under what circumstances? Not, not many. Well, I'm saying like, uh, you know, uh, I say circumstances is like, assuming you have a job, but you know, what age, like, would you want to be retired or when you, would you want to be there now? Would you be like going there with your wife? Would you be going there to find a wife? Like, would you have kids? <laughs> I don't um, know. I would, I was, I was, I would I would say with kids. Oh, really? I mean, I lived there as a kid. I think it's well. I think I think there's like a few benefits you can you can get from being a child in a foreign country. One is obviously an additional language, mm-hmm. Spanish being one of the more useful ones you can have. Uh, but then I think you also get the additional benefit of like experience another culture to see how people live differently and i think that's something a lot of americans struggle with today is they only mm-hmm. grow up in america and so they don't understand the differences and the and the things we have here that other places don't even have an opportunity yet they just see the negatives because this is all they know mm-hmm so would you then, like, you wouldn't stay there, though? You would want to come back to the live, States or no? Yeah, I would optimally, like, I think I think the States is definitely the best uh, 
like for me um because i also think a lot of people don't don't acknowledge like all the things the u.s has to offer from like i mean you can literally go skiing and snow and and like surfing in like shoot you could do that in hawaii <laughs> yeah i mean and so like there's a lot of stuff here i think in the states that uh, people don't appreciate enough mm -hmm. and i i appreciate like european architecture and all that like it does look super nice and it's different and i like love to visit but like i feel like nature wise especially in the states we have so much to offer it's like across different states Mm -hmm. and like people don't bother to even consider it they do just you, live in their urban town do you think that that is a fault of modern society like a, a a negative yeah i mean it's i think it's like you know more and more people live in urban cities that's obviously probably part of the reason hmm. they don't go outside enough i mean corporate america I'm, kind of how it is. I'm not sure if you listened to my last episode with Stephen, but we talked about um, talked about cities and country living, as they say. And I think in an episode or two before that, talked about how veganism was really only possible through the use of cities. You know, they offer a, a place for extreme diversity and trade uh, and a, a vast collection of goods and services and stuff that you wouldn't normally find, especially in smaller towns like even Coleman is you know it's not urban by any means but it is still a town and our produce right. in the grocery store is not great at all i mean really not great you do get you know farm the farmer's market but that's all very seasonal and limited quantity you know you can't just go out and yeah no pick i mean squash or whatever yeah like something i like something i say the most on when i play geoguesser is like I go through these, like, tiny, tiny towns, like, smaller than Coleman all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, the middle of, like, Slovakia, for example. <laughs> and my, like, the question I always ask is, like, where do these people, like, they, like, obviously don't have a grocery store. Most of them don't. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they're definitely, like, farmers, and, like, there's no way they could become, like, a vegan or vegetarian. It's, like, just non-livable. Yeah, the amount of, of nutrients needed is not exactly something that can be wholly sustained by yourself without right. you know it, like you you got to have the perfect climate for that you got to really know what you're doing to be able to fully sustain yourself off of what you grow yeah and so living in like an urban city like la mm -hmm. where they have so many whole foods to yeah. provide for you <laughs> like it's if you want to why not but most parts of the world that's just not feasible do you think that that kind of detaches people from the reality of kind of life and what, you know, other people go through, even in the United States? I don't necessarily mean, I don't know if that question was clearly asked. Like if, if city yeah, living I detaches mean, people well, from the reality of the rest of the world. I don't even think just city living. I just think living in the United States does. Because like, the example I always use is, like, a poor person in the United States is still, like, way better well-off than, like, over half the, like, planet. Yeah. Because they have electricity. You'll see obese poor people. Yeah, they have a phone. They have a TV. They have AC. I mean, you go to, like, 
Asia or Africa, they don't have cable, they don't have phones. Like, it's like, so like a poor person still in the US is still better off than a large majority of people. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, I'm not saying like we can't improve, but we have to acknowledge that we still do have like, and appreciate what we do have. Even on the lowest of the low, we are still operating at a higher level than a significant portion of the world. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I think that's, I think that's yeah, I think that's something I like playing about GeoGuessers. Like, you kind of see, like, compared to, like, the rest of the planet mm-hmm. on how people live. And it makes you appreciate stuff. I, I don't know if I was playing with you once or if I was watching you play or, or if I was actually trying to do it. Um, but I remember being put down, oh, somewhere in like, I don't know, Southern Africa or something. And there was just one long paved road. And you had maybe two or three rows of buildings on either side. And I kept just clicking thinking, okay, I will find some sort of hub eventually. But it was like miles, and it was the only paved road. Everything that shot off of it was all dirt. But there was just it one was paved road. It was probably Botswana. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But Botswana actually, I watched a video on it yesterday. They actually are like one of the uh, richest, I don't want to say richest, but well-off African countries. Interesting. They like export a lot of their minerals. Like when they got independence, they did really well compared to other nations where they just fell. Like they kept their government intact. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have political parties because they've done so well. So no one opposes what they have. Interesting. They have health care. They went from like having, I think it was like 3% of their population like educated to like over 90% up to the ages of like 14. They did really well. Wow. That's, that's yeah, pretty. So that's like, pretty great. Jeez. Yeah, and they they also are landlocked, so it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. They don't have the seaports. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Speaking of the ocean, and well, hmm, yeah. Speaking of the ocean, what kind of rain? This is from Lizzie Bick on Instagram again. This is her final question. What kind of rain is your favorite, and what do you like most about the rain? Um. What type of rain? Yeah. So, like, is that, like, comparing a drizzle to, like, a thunderstorm? Yeah, I guess so. Like, the different levels and intensities? Honestly, I, I kind of... I, I don't... I really enjoy, like, thunderstorms as long as I don't have to go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of peaceful. So I would say that as long as I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> Um, and then what was the second part? What, it, what What is your favorite part about the rain? I don't know. It's kind of like the, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of peaceful. I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like a majority of people say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like it hitting the window and stuff. Yeah. And asleep and you can hear the rain. Ooh. Ooh, yes. And the, the smell. Yeah, That's what, that so what always bothered me about rain and college station is we would have like pretty big storms but we never had any thunder it would always just rain like we never had lightning we never had thunder which like 
you know, great. There's no fires being started of that. But, you know, if I'm going to get rained on, I want to hear some thunder. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I just never liked the rain in College Station because it always seemed to rain when I mm-hmm. had to go to class or go mm-hmm. somewhere. And it was just, I was always wet. You need to, like, fully embrace rain if you're going to like it at all. You just need to realize, like, either I'm going to be soaking wet and I'm just going to take it. Like, I would wear swim trunks to class when mm-hmm. it was raining. And it would be great. I would be dry. I would be dry, like, 10 minutes into class. I'd wear my chacos and swim trunks and then a rain jacket so my top and backpack would stay dry. Best thing I ever learned to do. Fun fact. Um, what was I going to say? I would say that thunderstorms are great. As long as there's not a bunch of wind. That's the part that always gets me. Is yeah. the, like the super high winds that come along with some of those big storms. Like if it's just raining and thundering, perfection. That's incredible. Well, I would rather I would rather have like an occasional thunderstorm than like daily drizzles like Seattle or whatever. Yes, I would agree. Personally. I would agree. That just seems like then you're just always fighting it. You know, and it's, it's less of a it's less of a reward. Essentially, I, I always view yeah. rain as a reward. Well, you're from Midland, so. <laughs> Speaking of Midland, hey, you grew up here, okay? Yeah, but it rained in Bogota, so I mean, I was used to. Yeah, yeah. I was used to that. Speaking of Midland, Davis Horde forty four wants to know the story about why you asked Ellie to prom in a squirrel suit. <laughs> Um, does he actually not know? He just, he asked. I don't think he knows. I don't know. I don't Um, actually know your story. So this is very interesting. Well, to be quite honest, uh, are we name dropping on this podcast? Uh, you could stick with, just stick with first names. Or someone, you can be vague, you can be vague, or you can stick with just just first names. be vague. I was going to ask someone else who always used um, the phrase, um, what was it, like, it was like nuts or something like that. So I thought it was funny, and then I ended up not asking that person, and since I had the outfit already, I figured I might as well still use it, so I used it to ask Ellie. What, what happened with the other person? Uh, uh, things didn't work out. (laughs) Okay, all right. But it went well. Was the date great? I guess it's, well... Oh, yeah, I I actually really like, I really like Ellie. I I ran into her, I think, over the summer in College Station last summer. How about the apples? I I was thinking thinking about this last, last, uh, last night, actually. Like, everyone in the sophomore seven, <laughs> I had, like, some experience with, like, like more than just, like, a conversation. Like, I went to lunch with Mia once. I went to prom with Ellie. I, I went to school with Sarah. Um, I guess now I'm using names. Oops. Well, these uh, are all first names. I was supposed to go to spin class with Anne-Marie. She ditched me, though. That's okay. Typical. Um, I think she listens to the podcast, actually. Farrell showed me around Midland High that one day. So, the, like, 
realistically, like, I actually, like, did something somewhat with all of them, remarkably, because I didn't know any of them that well. <laughs> huh. Well, how about some funny. Uncles? Except for Anne-Marie. She ditched you. Right. She keeps trying to get me to come down to Austin to do this, like, marketing thing. She's like, all you have to do is buy lunch. And I think it's, like, lunch for a, a significant group of people. And I'm like, Anne-Marie, I don't have a job. Why would I? Why would I do this? I'll do it, Anne Marie. If you're listening, if you're listening, I'll do it. Just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move out of my parents' house first. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, we have another question, and uh, then we can. Well, we can also talk about Fripp as well, because I do want to get back to Fripp, because I think that was such a fun, fun time in our lives. Um, at I am William Mix One. That's right. The famous I am Will Mix from Tennessee. If you're listening, shout out Bird. Uh, he wants to know, what are your thoughts on strolling around town without a front tooth? And I believe that he knocked out his front tooth. So I think that's probably why he's asking this question. <laughs> um, I mean, if it happened, and I mean, obviously it's out of your control. So like... <laughs> nothing nothing you can do about it now except get a my mom has a fake front tooth really so i would yeah i would recommend getting one of those but she's she's no not rush. from uh she's not from johnstown is she no she's from screen oh, okay that's what it was that's what it was okay okay um there's a big blacksmith school in johnstown that i really want to go to is that in pennsylvania mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Iron Country. My uh, my cousin. I just found out my cousin went to trade school. He's from Pennsylvania for welding. Oh really? I I wonder if I wonder I, which one he went. To. I do wonder where he went. Yeah, uh, it's called the Center for Metal Arts, and I'm looking at their classes right now, and I I hope timing will work out with some of them. Um, but it is like the the best of the best. So I anyway, see. okay. Bird, uh, Nico recommends getting a fake front tooth. I think that's quality advice. Yeah, but don't be in a rush. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I bet it's kind of painful to eat, honestly. I just imagine, like, biting out of an apple or something and having that one ah, strip, ah. like, still left in the apple. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love it. Um, we do have another question. I wrote it sideways. That's why I did not remember it. This is from at Tanner Maytot on Instagram. <laughs> Would you rather... Die today, oh or live for eternity. He asked me this. I everyone said die today, and then I said live for eternity. I think you gotta. I'm with you. Well, he his argument was after the world ends, you're just floating through space, just by yourself. Well, see, <laughs> that's the way he said it. Yes, and I think that that's the problem with eternity. You know, as a religious man myself. What happened? Like, you gotta assume that there's an end at some point. You know, you're not just gonna be in in yeah. a void. So at some point you will have an end, essentially. Right. I, I guess I don't know. I think I think living for eternity would be interesting because your concept of time would drastically change. Could you be killed? He said no. Okay. Okay to me yeah no i mean that that makes sense that makes sense so you really wouldn't have to worry about death at all 
Yeah, and that's that's essentially why I said it. But I wonder about I injury. Do so much stuff. You know. Yeah, I, I don't. I, then yeah, you, I have no idea. Like, is this like a Wolverine thing where he got shot in the head and then he just like forgets his memories? You know, do you do you regenerate if you break bones or or what? Do you have to wait the full time? Also, what is what is the aging process look like? I mean, are you just gonna continually that, that get older? That was my other question. Because if I'm gonna get shriveled up like at the same time as a regular human, then maybe I'll just die today. Yeah, I I would. I'll I, be like 500, like not being able to move. Yeah, there's really not much of a point at that point. If you <laughs> if you can't do anything with it, you know. What's the point of eternity if there's no purpose? Um, interesting. We could we could say that. What you're you're what twenty three? We're the same age. Yes. We could say at a certain age of like thirty. That's when it, your eternity begins, so to speak. Like you're just that age. Forever. I'd be okay with that. It'd be weird to have like kids and them age older than you though. Yeah, I feel like that. You have to watch your kids die. Yeah. Or and your wife. I think you I, know. And then you could have another family, but then you just repeat. Maybe maybe fake your death. <laughs> That's you know, one way of doing it. Fake your death, and then they all move on, and I think eventually you're gonna have to do that. I'm sorry, there's a plane going over right now. It happens. Yeah, it it always happens in the middle of the podcast. Huh, I need to get back to the ranch. I need to get to Fripp. Speaking of Fripp. Sorry, that was quite of a long, long pause. Speaking of Fripp. Do you have any stories that you would like to tell? Even not about Fripp. But I feel like, um, I feel like we got to lighten the mood. We've just been riddling off questions. We've got we to gotta get back to the basics here. The one I remember the most is definitely my plane ride home the last time I went. I was awful. <laughs> uh, that was an experience, experience, but that was not a fun one. Um, That's when you, bad. my mom, and Sam all came back, right? But you split off. Yeah, so I'm way. I'm at the gate. We're all supposed to go to the same flight to Dallas, um, and then they were gonna go Dallas to Midland. I was gonna go Dallas to San Antonio, so. I get called to the front like 30 minutes before boarding and they said they're putting me on a later flight to Dallas due to like connection problems with my other flight and I didn't really understand it I still don't like I, did, I wouldn't have mind just waiting in Dallas you know yeah um, so I said goodbye because I didn't really have a choice and got on the later flight and the later flight couldn't land in Dallas because of weather. <laughs> so they detoured to Austin um, to stop. And then they were, said that they were going to go back to Dallas. But at this point, it's like 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. And we were going to have to stay overnight there and get connecting flights in the morning. And me and these two other guys were like, we're in Austin. This is an hour drive from San Antonio. Like, just let us off. Mm -hmm. like we can get our luggage delivered or whatever but yeah. just like we want to go home like it would be like the same time to get home from there driving that to like fly to Dallas and get a hotel and all that it was just like like we were all thinking like just let us off yeah <laughs> so we got up so me 
this veteran and this other guy ended up getting off. We split a rental car and drove to San Antonio. And my parents picked me up and we went home. Incredible. Incredible. It was, it was, a, it was a road trip. And I remember, I remember getting in the, uh, the car with the guy and his wife was texting him and she was like, are you sure they're not going to kill you? Like she was like really worried. And I was like, I'm like 18. Like, I'm not going to do anything. If anything, I'm at risk. But yeah, that was an experience. Do you agree with the sentiment that a hundred bad days make a hundred good stories? Not all the time. Interesting. Maybe some. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have good stories from 2018. <laughs> I have, I have, uh, did I tell you about my post office experience the other day? No. Okay. So I'm a knife maker, as you know, as hopefully some of the listeners know, and I'm going in, I'm, I'm putting my knives in a little box. I'm at the post office in Midland and, um, the way the post office is set up is there's like a little lobby area with uh, P.O. boxes. And then you go into like the main room of the post office where you go up to like the clerks. And I'm in a little lobby area packaging up my stuff. And there's this one other guy out there and he's on the phone. And so I'm not minding him any business. I'm just hanging out, wrapping my knives up. And I hear him say, are you a box case? From like across the, across the post office. And it's quiet, and I'm like, wait a second, was he talking to me? And so I look up at him, and he's like, yeah, you, are, are you a box case? And I was like, uh, wait, what? He was like, it's a joke, you're, you're boxing things up. I was asking if you're a box case. He's like, I know I am, I was just, it's, it's a joke. And I was like, oh yeah, I just didn't get that, I'm sorry. He, and then he's about to go into the post office, into like the main room. And he stops and turns around and goes, why did the turkey cross the road? He goes, to, to prove he wasn't a chicken. And then he goes on and tells me like four or five other low-quality jokes. I mean, they were kind of funny. But I don't remember them, so they obviously weren't that great. But he just goes on and tells me these random jokes. And he's like, have a good day. And he goes inside. Okay. And so I'm just sitting there still with my box, packaging up things. And I'm like... What just happened? And out of nowhere, okay, he basically came out of the little P.O. boxes. This guy comes out and he goes, are you winning? And I was like, what? And he was like, are you winning? You're, you're trying to box things up. I'm, I'm wondering if you're winning or not. And I was like, well, I'm putting the tape on it, so I'm getting close. And he just kind of pauses and he stares at me and he goes, man, I just... I just want to fly away to wherever that box is going. And he goes, have a good one. And he walks out the post office. And I'm just, it was like the weirdest interaction I have ever had with, they were basically NPCs. I was just sitting there in a daze. I was like, what just happened? And then the next, the next day, it was a fever dream. The next day I go, I'm at the ranch. I'm in the Coleman post office and I'm packaging up something and I hear these birds and they're like really loud chirping. And I'm like, man, they must have a bird nest or something. Like it's a pretty big, open, old building. So I'm thinking, okay, uh, like they got, they got a bird nest somewhere. And so I finish my box or whatever and I go up to the teller and it's just me and her. And I'm like, man, those birds are so loud. Like, do you guys have a bunch of chickens back there or something? Like joking. 
thinking that there's not a bunch of chickens in the back of a post office. And she was like, oh, yeah, we just got our shipment in today, and Tractor Supply hasn't come to pick them up. And so they had this, like, giant tub of all these baby chickens in the back of the post office. And I was like... I didn't even know you could ship them like I that. I was like, what is going on? That was the weirdest thing. Weird stories of the post <laughs> office. Well, Mr. Nico, we're an hour in. Would you like to continue? Sure. Do you have any topics? Okay. What do you want to get into? Uh, uh, this is your podcast. You lead me. You lead the way. I'll follow. Well, the the reoccurring theme, and this is what I'm kind of trying to get people's opinions on, is kind of the state of the world and my personal opinion that we are not able to evolve at the rate that we have been because technology is is it's rapidly changing and i don't think that we are able to keep up with it and i think that the current state that we're in is is causing a detriment to our society and i think that as individuals and as a people group we need to kind of go back we need to slow down we need to look at look at ourselves and what we're doing and say hey this is not good like technology offers an incredible amount of advancements and um you know better health and all these things more efficient food and fuel or whatever all this stuff but i think that the rate that we are going we are beginning a downward spiral in what in what what aspect like of like transportation like physical health like what are we talking no i think neither of those i think um transportation no i think that that's fine we're we're getting more fuel efficient you know whatever your take is on electric cars whatever we're progressing i would think um health obviously there's more research being done about diet and stuff i i think more so with with social media and our consumption rate whether that also be food too I would I would highly agree with social media from the aspect of like it it seems unfathomable that I could go out and meet someone in person and build a healthy relationship with like like that's not from social media like hinge or tinder and then also like not like it's like the first thing people do these days is they meet someone they'll go search them on instagram or whatever like and perform yeah. background checks you know yeah and then there's also like the stigma of oh i have this many followers on on this so i can't date someone like it's crazy to me how social media affects relationships and the way we look at other people and it's not healthy at all hmm. do you think that social media is becoming an unofficial sense of like social credit uh i wouldn't say social credit i i think a lot of people use it for uh approval uh they're like and they like like they don't they don't post like they don't post because they're like necessarily enjoying their own life but they're they want to obviously either show off or get other people's approval that like that the way they're living is is acceptable if that makes any sense mm-hmm. 
do you think that that because I would agree I would agree that a lot of people are on social media or are regular social media posters um, in an attempt for approval do you think that that comes like where, where do you think the the source of that is I mean, what do you think that that comes from? Because it's, I, I agree. I think, I think that's true, but it's obviously not a individual case. You know, this is something we're seeing across a multitude of people. I, I think it comes from, honestly, like our generation growing up with uh, YouTube and things like that, and wanting to be social influencers, and you know, stuff like that. I think that's a big portion of it. But like why? If you, I, I hear people, I don't, I don't, I hear kids who, like, you ask them what they want to do when they grow up, and they say, like, be a YouTuber or be a social influencer. Like, why? Like, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't agree with it. Well, let's look at this in a sense of why would a kid want to be, there's another plane, I'm really sorry. Uh, why would a kid want to be any career, you know? Like, like kids, oh, I want to be the president, or I want to be an astronaut, or a doctor, or a firefighter. Well, I think it's because it's something they're drawn to, and, I mean, like I said, growing up, just, like, uh, consuming YouTube, like, as kids, for us, as a source of entertainment. I mean, like, an example of that is, like, for me, like, I don't want to be a YouTuber or anything, but, like, I rarely use cable. I mm-hmm. I use YouTube probably more than I watch TV. Um, I'm not saying YouTube's bad. Like, there's tons of informational and, like, helpful and, like, t- teaching videos on mm-hmm. there. There is but quality like the, content, yeah. Yes. But, like, a lot of it now is, like... Like, I... Like, something for me that I've never understood is how, like, David Dobrik has gotten such a large following. Like, I could not, I can't understand wanting to watch someone's daily life every day, personally. Like, well, I don't get same the with, like, aspect Casey of where that's enjoyable. I've never understood, like, the, the, the vlogging, like, following at all. Do you think that, and I, well... We'll just run off of this one. Do you think that, or I guess my opinion of that is people living their lives today are living them for the wrong reasons. And what that leads to is an internal desire, whether or not they realize it, to have a fulfilling day, to accomplish something, whatever that may be, to to experience new things. And for a vast majority of people, they're not doing that. And so what David Dobrik or Casey Neistat offers is a glimpse into a lifestyle that is fast-paced, that is always something new, that is challenging and adventurous, and it gives people a sense, even if only for 10 minutes, a sense of that discovery throughout the day, but there's no real satisfaction in it. Yeah, I would agree with it, but like some of these like followers are like, like, the stands and stuff are just crazy. Well, and th- so this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, why would a kid want to be an influencer? And kind of our generation growing up with YouTube, it's like, 
we would spend time on YouTube and I think we would begin to idolize those people or, or look up to them. Um, you know, and maybe that says a lot about, and I'm not saying we would idolize or look up to them. Um, but I think that might have something to say with how we were raised or how other people are raised. You know, they, they may not have parents as uh, present in their lives, and so they're spending these time or this time with this person, so to speak, quote-unquote, every day, watching what they do, and they're like, I want to do that. I look up to this person, whether I realize it or not, I want to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because like, I, I think that's the reason that kids would want to be, you know, any uh, career is based on their parents, whether it's the same or the complete opposite. You know, if your mm -hmm. dad is someone who, and I'm not speaking from experience or about anyone specifically, but if your dad is someone who punches in nine to five, sits behind a desk and hates his job, then is that what you're going to want to do? Well, I will disagree with you on this, as w on that, because I think our generation also has a major issue. I don't know if it stems from the social influencer thing, but that a majority of them can live life like making money and like like just living and paying everything and making the money they need without working a nine-to-five. Our generation has this hatred towards the nine-to-five, mm -hmm. and they want to, like, do other things. Um, Add me to that and list. I, 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 <laughs> and I, like, I understand why, but I think it's, I think it's more of a societal problem that probably stems from technology. Mm -hmm. Seeing all these people living very good lives without having to work a nine to five. I don't even, I don't even think a nine to five is bad, honestly. No, and there's a lot to be, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I don't necessarily mean your typical nine to five, but I just mean, you know, a generic boring job that you hate. Like what kid would want to grow up to do that? You know? Yeah. And in today, I mean, but it, like, well, sorry, continue. Well, I mean, I just see so many TikTokers or like TikToks and it's like I've been I just graduated college and I've been working nine to five for a year. Do people really expect me to do this for the next 30 years? Well, yeah, I mean, it's what humans have done for like the last 300 years. There's a giant hawk flying around our backyard right now. I had to I had to bring <laughs> up the birds. I'm sorry. So. Would you then say, I mean, like, is that not the point of the previous generation, though, is to improve the quality of life for the ones that come after them? You know? Well, like, I think they have done that. Our, I think, I think this also... You got it. Well, I think it also stems from, like, like I said, like we talked about earlier, moving, like, how city centers are becoming bigger and urban living is... A bigger thing I think that feeds into this somehow and where you would not where people would work long shifts to make by because they had to it's a lot easier now um, because 
everything is more accessible with e-commerce and like grocery stores and everything if that makes any kinds of sense mm, you might have to rephrase that i was a little i i sorry rephrase that and we'll go into what i was doing i i, I don't know it, it i the point i'm trying to make is is difficult i don't know um I really don't know how to rephrase it so we can move on. Well, but. what I what I was thinking is there's a quote by John Adams. Um, I had to look it up. So I did not know that this was from John Adams, and I butchered the quote when looking it up. So uh, this is it, though. Our grandfathers were soldiers, so our fathers could be farmers, so we could be artists. Yeah. I've heard another one that was like... Uh, our fathers was like I heard another one that was like our fathers were soldiers so like it was let me see if I could find it real quick there's a there's a longer one and this is the more full quote if you want me to read this this is from John Adams it's a letter to Abigail Adams I must study politics and war that my sons have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy my sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy, geography, natural history, naval architecture, navigation, commerce, and agriculture in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, statuary, tapestry, and porcelain. So basically the same thing, just a little more in depth. Yeah, the one I heard was like our dads were tough so their kids could be soft so their sons can be tough and like it was like a cycle. oh uh good men so it's the opposite or uh yeah hard men create no 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 what is it good men create good times good times create or yeah soft men soft men uh, yeah, create hard times and hard times create strong men right something like yeah, that that's like where i that's the one i feel like we're in where where are we at in that cycle soft I would agree getting a bit sensitive just being honest well no I agree I, I'm not saying you are being sensitive I think that people are getting sensitive and going back to what you said about the last generation trying to make it easier for us I would agree that like as a like being a child has been phenomenally easier than what our parents probably experienced right I think mm -hmm. you would agree with that too but I think as a society, it's tougher as a young adult in the aspect of education. I, I don't think education should be free, like higher education. I would agree. But, the, but from graduating to making a livable wage where you could afford a house, which was definitely possible before, is very bleak. In today's time i think the stay-at-home rate after graduation now is like the highest it's ever been mm -hmm. and it's not because we want to be here yeah <laughs> it's because it's hard to afford to move out now yeah no i agree i do agree i mean i understand at least you have a job <laughs> if i had a job Your how job could i how could on. i run this podcast right. yeah my, my job burned this down in the wildfire job. I am actually eligible to start uh, advertising. Don't worry. Uh, listeners, I'm not going to do that. Not yet. Trust me. Um, 
But I, I, I do think that we're getting soft as a society. And I think part of that, as well as this idea of, of a lack of willingness to work that we're seeing, stems from social media. Like, it really does. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's easier to hide behind opinions uh, on a computer screen. And yes. it's also, we're it's seeing... Also, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's also easy to be someone else through yeah. a computer screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're seeing people who, you know, maybe they are, quote unquote, getting lucky, or maybe there is a lot of work hidden in it, but who are finding success in the, you know, vlogging or what is considered a, a, I don't know, not exactly an honest day's work. I don't know. Because you you see these, like, small businesses are starting up and stuff like that. Like, Bridget, uh, my sister who sells rugs, like, I know how much work goes into doing that. And I know that she's got some haters online. And For I mean, what? It's, all sorts of things. I don't exactly want to get into it. Um, but, like, she's running a successful small business that is doing extremely well. She sells a very high-quality product, but it is an absolute labor of love. Like, it, she is never not working throughout the day. And mm-hmm. I don't think people see that. You know, they're like, oh, I'll just start an Instagram account and sell spoons or whatever. Right. I don't know. And I, I think there's agree. a lot to that for for kind of following your, your dreams or whatever. But, you know, it's not like it's just going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. There is hard work in everything. Hmm. Facts. Do you think that that has anything to do with urbanization and kind of our expectation to to have things at arm's reach like Amazon two-day shipping and things like that kind of I don't know it's funny to me because like we created cell phones so it'd be easier to access and contact other people but like our generation ignore half their texts they get and i it's probably faster for me to drive to my friend's house 10 minutes down the road and knock on their door than to for them to text me back Mm -hmm. (laughs) with some people Mm -hmm. it's just kind of funny or ironic how that has turned out i'm not saying to be like reply immediately all the time but some people like never reply do you think that gives us a false sense of community uh kind of i would i would say somewhat Hmm. because like i would say that i'm somewhat close with people i haven't seen in a while but have you met them in person before yes Hmm. i think it's i think it's i think it's somewhat difficult to make a complete relationship work friendship or romantic strictly online and I feel like a lot of people like especially like our generation try to do that I just don't think that's feasible Mm -hmm. why do you think it's hard to make that work well it's just like I don't know I feel like 
there's there's something about being like talking with someone in person like physically mm-hmm. that I don't know it's there's just there's layers to talking online I don't you, you know well, what I mean yeah well I mean look at look at this for example we don't have video set up so I can't see your facial expressions you can't see mine like yeah we're essentially just, just on example. a phone call right now so we can hear at least tone and pacing inflection things like that but we can't see the physical reactions whereas in person you get essentially everything and right. i would say arguably at, think, a, at a higher quality i think you can make uh better connections in person because you can actually do activities that can strengthen said relationship like a conversation can do you think that hardships again there's another plane i'm really sorry do you think that hardships are are a key to any relationship i think it's how you go through them yes but like you you and i as friends in order to have a stronger friendship bond have had to go through difficulties whether it is between you or i or on individual like parts of our lives like hardships make relationships stronger yeah because i feel like you can see someone for who they truly are mm-hmm. in different when when those arise and that either strengthens your relationship or can destroy your relationship is that why you think maybe Obviously. that that relationships online aren't a feasible thing is there's really no opportunity for hardships yeah i guess i guess i guess i think there's a lot more opportunity for less of them mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. Hmm. i'm wondering i'm wondering if because our generation and this is based off of no research only personal experience. Our generation, um, and I think those slightly older than us, I think have a hard time with the idea of marriage and a level of commitment. And I'm wondering if social media and kind of going back to like, oh, you know, two-day delivery on Amazon and um, seeing these influencers' lives where it's, you know, all high fives and hand jobs all day. Like, I wonder if that has set an unrealistic expectation on intimate personal relationships or maybe not intimate i say but like close personal relationships and so people just kind of expect the fairy tale well i think i think technology and social media can create more hardships i mean like the fact that you can get in an argument with your girlfriend because you didn't reply to a text fast enough is kind of bizarre but it is a thing so yeah well and i would say i mean that's there's a lot, there's a um, little more room for unhealthy behavior on both parties, I would uh, say. Oh, for sure. You know, you scrolling through Instagram and then you get some influencer ass showing up and boom, there's another argument. Yeah, right. So, hmm. So what, what do you think's the next step? What do you think's the solution? That's, you're asking the wrong person. Well, I mean, what what are you doing? 
as an individual? Because you, I mean, do you do you think that there are problems in in today's world? Yeah, like the ones we've highlighted. I personally use social media for mainly for like updates, like news or like sports updates mainly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of my feed. It's not like really. And then I guess somewhat keeping up with people I haven't seen that as well. Mm-hmm. But um, not. I I wouldn't like call anyone I follow on Instagram a friend. I I realistically only call people I actually talk to and like message on, like text, like actual friendships. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think there's this false sense of friendship made through social media yeah that is kind of weird so then what do you what are we can we can wrap it up here pretty soon i know we're we're starting to get towards an hour and a half um but i just completely lost my train of thought oh no nico it's been derailed it's been derailed. We're talking about social media. Yes, yes, yes. Do you, uh, as an individual, do anything? Or, you know, like, what? maybe what's your train of thought or whatever in regards to kind of being real with yourself? And, I don't know, uh, having an accurate sense of community or an accurate level of, of gauge on a certain relationship. Um, I don't know, like, right now, I wouldn't say I really have one. I don't really do much with anybody. Well, I don't mean necessarily, like, like girlfriend, boyfriend, that kind of relationship. I mean, relationships. Well, yeah, I mean, for example, I'm going camping next weekend with some friends I haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know... Con can too, seeing yeah. people. You're you're like going said, out in the woods. The yeah, the physical experiences are unmatchable. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can agree. text these people as much as I want, but if I never see them, like what's the what's the point? Yeah, yeah, makes sense to me, man. Mainly, like everybody, everybody I like call a friend that I message. I have future plans on seeing. Like relatively soon. Are you uh, are so you coming like to College Station this weekend? No. Nico, come on. You will have to wait until Con Can to see. No, me. come on, come in this weekend. Wyatt's doing a dunk. No, oh, I wasn't invited. I wasn't invited. <laughs> I just said I'm showing up. Come on. <laughs> I'll think about it. Come on. It's a much shorter drive for you. Yeah. And you have a job to pay for gas. Come on. Yeah, I just feel Come up. on. Live a little. Well, Mr. Sorinello, do you have any closing remarks that you want to say to the people? Not really. Um, this went in a completely different direction than the last one we did which I'm okay with. I have significantly less booze in my system this time. Same. <laughs> I have none. And I've, I've now done this. I've done 
I've done a few interviews, so I'm I'm getting better. I'm I'm getting a little more prepared for them. Would you say it went better? Uh, probably. <laughs> I would agree. I would argue yes. We didn't talk about like hunting or anything, but that's okay. What do you want to? Tanner covered all that. No. Okay. I'll I'll have you back on. You you have an you have an open invite. You have an open Appreciate invite to that. come on the podcast whenever you want. I might I might call you up next week if if Wyatt Noah and I's episode doesn't work out. I'm gonna say we need to record a quickie. Oh. Um, I guess the only closing remark I have is we should get Sam to come to Fripp again. What is this we business? Sam and I should go to Fripp again. Okay. I, I want that as well. Sam, we gotta, Sam, if you're listening, let's go. I think he listens to the podcast. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. I, I want y'all to come. There's a lot of people that I want to go to Fripp. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how the days shake out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, Nico, thank you. That has been, it's been a wonderful time been wonderful to get to catch up and chat uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening i hope you have a wonderful day as always cheers and god bless